This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of GTC. It is PGA Championship Week, and like we do on all major weeks in the world of golf, including the Players' Championship, RBC Canadian Open. Actually, we're going to have tons of news on the RBC Canadian Open coming up in the next week or so. But on major weeks, we give you a bonus Golf Talk Canada on Wednesday as a pregame to get you set for the year's second major. It's Southern Hills, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it is the year's second major. And the field is fantastic. The golf uh, courses are recently renovated, restored by Gil Hans. Uh, Bob is on site. We're going to hook up with Bob at the bottom of the hour and get a firsthand account of what he's seen so far. But Adam's with me now. Scully, what we've heard and what we've seen from this golf course so so far is uh, a little bit of... uh, I don't want to call it be generous off the tee, but yeah, a little bit of wiggle room off the tee. If you miss the fairway, the rough is going to be thick. You'll have to make decisions, but wider fairways, shave down areas around the greens, lots of options around the greens, very tight lies, lots of undulation, lots of elevation changes from tee to green. When I start to describe it, it starts to sound a little Augusta Nationalist. Yeah, I like that comparison you made uh, on Golf Talk Canada television this week to how how this golf course is kind of similar to Augusta National. And with the wins they are projecting for this week, ball striking is going to be at a premium as well as chipping because, you know, this is a long golf course. Everyone's not going to hit 18 greens in regulation. Chipping is going to be especially crucial given the slopey greens too. So uh, there are so many different storylines we'll get into today. But uh, I'm super excited for the second men's major of the season. In this PGA Championship pregame edition, you're going to hear from all the key players. Scheffler, Rahm, Rory Woods, JT, Cantley, Morikawa. We're going to talk Phil, players' reaction to Phil not being there. Of course, we should be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the greatest win in PGA Championship history. Instead, we're talking about Phil Mickelson for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Bob yesterday had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes, one of three Canadians in the field. We're going to hear that interview, discuss Canadians. But, Adam, let's jump right to it. The favorite at 10-1 to is Scotty Scheffler. He is world number one. Before we talk, you know, Scheffler and his chances, let's hear from world number one, Scotty Scheffler. My game feels like it's in a good spot. Uh... I've obviously, you know, I've been on a pretty good run here recently, and you know, I'm definitely not trying to stop it. So hopefully, going to keep it rolling this week. So I think, I think in order to win major championships and beat, you know, these amazing fields, uh, you got to really have faith in all aspects of your game. You can't really be protecting against anything because you got to put it all on display out here. And to get around this golf course, it's not going to be just pure ball striking or anything like that. It's, it's going to take a variety of different things in order to play well out here. And so. Um, for me, I've just been preparing like usual, and um, you know my game feels like it's in a good spot, and I'm just uh, looking forward to this week. Scotty Brooks was in earlier saying that when you're the world number one and a major champion, you walk with a bit of a strut and your chest puffed out. You're the world number one and the Masters champion as well. Did you feel any different when you arrived on the range this week? No, Tiger's here, so nobody really remembers that I'm here, so it's <laughs> all good. Um, 
No, I don't. Like I said, I don't feel any different. I don't get any extra shots this week. Uh, it's you know, it's nice to have the ranking, but at the end of the day, when I show up at a tournament, um, I don't. I don't have any you know uh, advantages over the field other than we all start even par. So for me, it's it's a tremendous honor. But at the end of the day, when I show up to a tournament, I'm you know starting it even. Boy, Adam, you know, he has such great perspective. None of this has phased him. He's won four times this year. He's the reigning Masters champion. He shot 64 in the practice round, calls this his favorite golf course. Before the Renault, won the 2015 uh, Big 12 Division Men's Championship here. I mean, it's hard not to think he's going to contend this week. It really isn't. You know, you mentioned the four victories, but he had some great success at major championships last year, too, with three finishes inside the top 10. So for Scotty Scheffler, he has a lot of consistency throughout his career, even before this season. And now that he's broken through, I mean, like like you mentioned on, on television as well, it, it'd be hard to imagine Scotty Scheffler not in the mix come Sunday afternoon, like you mentioned, given the success he's had on this golf course. Yes, the renovations as well. But for a guy who's who has the uh, third the third best birdie average on the PGA Tour and sixth best scoring average on the PGA Tour, four victories, he knows how to get it done. Look out for Scotty Scheffler this week. And the thing I find interesting, too, about Scotty Scheffler, and I mentioned this to Bob, I mean, if his name was John Rahm or if his name was Justin Thomas or if his name was Rory McIlroy and he was coming in with this wave of momentum – uh, that he's coming in with. I mean, it's all anybody would be talking about. That's all the hype machine would be in full effect. But because it's Scotty Scheffler, and let's be honest, you know, he's just kind of a, a plain Jane, regular guy, uh, takes it in stride. I mean, the hype machine's fairly low. It, he's right. Everybody's talking Tiger. Everybody's talking Jordan Spieth, the chance at a career grand slam. You name it. Nobody's talking Scotty Scheffler. And one of the Real underrated items of his game that is going to be on full display here that was on full display at Augusta is your ability to get up and down from very tight lies. You need to be a great pitcher and chipper of the golf ball from extremely tight lies. You need that at Augusta. He's very good at it. It's uh, one of the highlights of his game, and you're going to need that here at Southern uh, Hills. And I think... Uh, that's something that we might be talking a lot about Sunday night, Adam. I think when we wrap this up, whoever wins, there are going to be some occasions on the weekend where you go, wow, that was a great shot from a really tight lie. Yeah, and even looking at Scotty Scheffler's weekend at the Masters, more specifically on Sunday, his short game was on fire. If he didn't chip mm -hmm. and pitch it well on Sunday, he wouldn't have won the golf tournament. I know he four-putted the last hole, so, so take that out of the question there. But, you know, the, the up and down he had on the first hole of Sunday's final round at the Masters, the chip-in or pitch-in on the third hole where he hit that tee shot so far left, you think the 12th hole, too, or he missed it long left after Cameron Smith put it in the water, the up and down as well on the 11th hole. So Scotty Scheffler, and he, he has a lot of great shots around the green, too. He likes to, you know, nip it in there low, one hop and stop, or he can pitch it high and, and stop it that way, too. So he has so much variety in a short game. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does again this week if he can keep that hot streak going. Uh, he's in one of uh, an amazing marquee group. And I mean, some of the groupings are just so uh, star studded, awesome groups you want to watch. This is one of them. 136 in the afternoon. He's going to go off the first hole with John Rahm and Colin Morikawa. Does it get any better than this in terms of one, two, three? That's what it looks like. John Rahm 
currently coming in as the second favorite right now at 12 to 1, only behind Scotty Scheffler. Let's hear from John Rom. Was Mexico the confidence builder you needed headed into this week? I mean, I don't know if I needed more confidence, but it was definitely a win is a win, obviously. It was, it was a good one, right? Uh, hadn't had my best year so far. Uh, I had a couple of really good finishes, but since Tori, I mean, I wasn't really relevant on the leaderboard, so it was nice to be out there and get the win. Yeah, I was here Monday and Tuesday last week. But that's soon, okay. Really? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, it wasn't super early because uh, I wanted to come as close as possible so the course would be as close as possible in shape. Right? Sometimes I make changes, they grow the rough, the speed of the greens, the firmness. Uh, even though it's not the same, I wanted to just be as close as possible to it. Uh, come to find out that uh, they did something to the greens. I forgot what it was. So I believe they said the reset at the greens uh, not too long ago. So it was a good thing I didn't come when that was done. Um, and then Ryan Palmer showed me a video of him maybe five days before I was here after a heavy rain in the golf course he saw was completely different to the one I saw because Monday, I played on Tuesday, Monday, I walked the course and he was already championship ready. So I was really impressed. Adam, did you hear John Rahm's comments on his golf shoes? Yeah, so he's talking about his foot, right? And, and was that going back to last year when he made those comments, how he has a club foot, I, I think, anyway, right? Yes, and he... Uh... He felt that last year he struggled with his golf shoes and he wears a Travis Matthews golf yep. shoe and Travis Matthews typically makes a very, and I'm generalizing here, they make a very uh, casual walking shoe style uh, golf shoe. They worked with John Rom behind the scenes to, to specifically design a golf shoe to help him with his situation get traction on the ground and he, he feels that his ball striking numbers have gotten better this year solely because of this shoe that he's changed absolutely nothing and these shoes have given him the confidence to feel like he's got the base and support that uh, maybe he was lacking in the in the previous 12 months um his win i mentioned this uh when we did uh, golf talk canada radio after mexico his win in mexico did nothing for me i like john rom i think john rom's always got a chance to win i don't consider him one of my top picks we'll do edge picks later on in the show uh, what he did in Mexico really didn't move the needle for me. I said to you and Bob, I said he should win this tournament. He's the class of the field. It's one of the weakest fields we've seen all year. If he doesn't win, I'm more concerned. He went out and did exactly what he was supposed to do, win that golf tournament, but it didn't change my outlook. How's your outlook now on John Rahm? And did that win change it for you at all? I think winning does breed confidence, as Rahm was saying. So I'm, I'm higher now, I guess, on Rahm. I mean, he had this unbelievable... I, I thought a pretty darn good start to the year where he was not playing his best golf in some spots and still finishing inside the top 10. Um, you know, we got a bad break at the Century Tournament of Champions, finishing uh, 30 under par and not winning the golf tournament thanks to Cameron Smith's record-breaking performance. But you mentioned his ball striking stats. First in greens and regulation this year. First in strokes gained off the tee this year. 108th in strokes gained putting. So for John Rahm, if he has somewhat of a decent week on the greens and mentally he doesn't lose his mind doesn't lose his temper at all john rom's going to be in the mix on sunday afternoon as well again a huge marquee group of scotty sheffer scheffler and colin morikawa another marquee group at 8 11 a.m maybe the most anticipated group of the day going off on 10 
Rory McIlroy will tee off with Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. It's been eight years since Rory McIlroy won a major. He is a winner this year on the PGA Tour. But if you look back over the last 18 months, the highest rounds Rory McIlroy has shot on the PGA Tour have come in the first rounds of majors and players' championship. Can he flip the script? Let's hear from Rory McIlroy. I feel good about my game. Um, you know, I've done some good work and... Uh, I've let, like, you know, one of the things that I've tried to work on and, and uh, have done well, I've led greens in regulation the last two tournaments I've played. Um, that's something that hasn't quite been there. Um, and that's something you need to do, especially around here. You know, you hit, you hit greens here, you're going um, to give yourself birdie chances. The targets are, are pretty small, um, you know, pretty limited with... with where the whole locations will be. So you hit it into the middle of the greens here, you're, you're going to have decent chances. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about that's, that part of the game. And then um, you know, short game's been there as well. I mean, I, I focused a lot on, on iron play and, and chipping and putting last week in practice because I knew that was basically the, you know, that's sort of going to be the key to, to, to having a good week this week. So you know, I, I feel, a good, feel good about it all. And... Um, yeah, I'm certainly in a better place with my game than where I was this time last year going into Kiowa. So um happy about that. Adam, I, I really don't think there's anything physical you can say about Rory McIlroy at the moment. I mean, he shot 64 on the final round of the Masters on Sunday. He performed brilliantly at the Wells Fargo, came up short. I mean, tee to green, he's exceptional. Does he still miss some makeable putts? Yes. Could he still clean up some of the wedge play? Yes. But we're way better than we were a year ago when it comes to the putter and the wedge. For me, this is psychological. He can't get out of his own way, especially early in tournaments. And when I saw the announcement of the group, Spieth, McElroy Woods, the first thing, and this was recent, just came out yesterday late afternoon. I said, this might, might be the distraction Rory needs to get out of the gates. I think this helps Rory more than it helps anybody else. What were your, what was your reaction when you saw the group? I, I thought the exact same way because with all due respect to the other players playing Thursday morning at 8, 11 a.m. local time, the majority of the spectators are going to be around that marquee group of Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy. So he's going to have to be locked in. We know that. And Rory's talked in the past how he was playing with Tiger Woods in the 2018 Tour Championship, that final round where you know there are thousands of fans on the fairway, one of the great sights we've seen in recent PGA Tour history. Uh, for Rory McIlroy, he also mentioned in that press conference how he is still playing a little conservative going in going into this major championship in terms of greens and regulation so curious that which concerns Rory, me a little adam that exact that it concerns me too i mean the guy shot 135 in the final two rounds at the masters six shots better than any other player and didn't win the golf tournament that's how far back he was after two rounds so for rory McIlroy, we said this we're like a broken record on the show if, if he shoots in the 60s in thursday's first round Look out, because it's hard to believe, Mark, that it's been nearly now eight years since that victory at Valhalla, his last major championship. I'm with you, Adam. I'm a little concerned, again, about his comments about being conservative. I think that's the opposite of what he needs to do. I think he has to go out and freewheel it. I really do. I don't think he has to play stupid. That's not what I'm suggesting, but freewheel it a bit. The one thing about this marquee group, though, if Rory can sit there, Spieth's one of the favorites. Woods is Woods. If Rory can just say, I'm going to be the low man in this group for the next two days, 
he'll be in a good spot come Saturday. Different mindset. Now, speaking of Tiger Woods, on the other side, we're going to hear from Tiger and Justin Thomas. Tiger playing his second major of the year, feeling stronger than he did a month ago. We'll be right back with more PGA Championship preview special right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back. GTC PGA Championship preview special. Well, Tiger Woods in the field. And he will play alongside Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth at 8.11 a.m. to kick off his PGA Championship. He's feeling stronger. He suggested, hey, listen. The leg is never going to have 100% mobility ever again. However, it feels much stronger than it did a month ago at Augusta. And it's funny, he took Monday after the Masters off and Tuesday morning after Augusta, he started getting ready for this PGA Championship. Let's hear now from Tiger Woods. Were you able to sort of keep ramping up the training or did, was there a post-Masters lull? Yeah, there was a huge lull uh, Monday. <laughs> that was it that was it monday monday uh it it was not not fun it it hurt uh, a lot of ice baths and uh just trying to get the swelling out of there and then uh we went back at it leg day on tuesday and we kept going from there and said let's go you know we we figured you the first mountain you climbed was everest i mean that this is the steepest golf course you're going to play and that was the first one you climbed and climbed and so it's going to get flatter and better, um, but still, it, it, I still have tough days, and um, things aren't, aren't going to be as, as easy as people might think, but uh, I feel like I'm doing better. Um, I'm having more days in which are, are better, more positive, um, able to practice a little bit longer, um, so I'm able to do, do activities and, and things that um, you know, I was hoping to do, and I'm finally able to do them. You learn about your new body and maybe its limitations during that week at Augusta. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was hurting, um, but it, I I pushed through it and it was more more mind than than body. Um, I, I said I've I've won with a broken leg before, so um, keep on going out there, keep pushing. Um, I know how to play the golf course if I can just putt well. Um, you never know. Um, unfortunately, Saturday, I think I had like 15 three-putts. Um, but uh, it was one of those things that I, it, the, the thing that I was frustrated with is that it deteriorated as the week went on. I got more and more tired and more fatigued. I didn't have the endurance that I wanted. And now, I mean, I, I shouldn't expect it because I didn't earn it. I didn't go out there and I haven't done the work. But we're able to put in a little bit more work and it's only going to get better as time goes on. So uh, as the months pass and um, it's going to get better. Tiger, how confident are you that you can contend this week and just basically can you win this week? I feel like I can, yeah, definitely. 
I just got to go out there and do it. I got to do my work. And it uh, starts on Thursday, and I'll be ready. All right, he's been asked that question his entire career, Adam. You know, can you win this week? It's a yes. Yes, I can do this, he says. Uh, it's only going to get stronger. We know he feels stronger now than he did 30 days ago. We know he started off stronger at Augusta than he finished. You heard it there in the interview that fatigue set in. How much, how much more confidence do you have, or what are your expectations that the fatigue won't set in again this time around and prevent the backup from occurring here? Is there anything that has changed your mind if give you more anticipation or more uh, cup half full in terms of what he might be able to accomplish this week? I mean, looking at a couple of things here. First, I've never heard someone compare Mount Everest and Augusta National together. So that's a ding, 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 number <laughs> one there from Tiger Woods. Uh, looking at from an odds perspective, Tiger's odds to win the Masters are plus 5,000. To win the PGA Championship at this particular moment, they're plus 6,500. So it, it is odd how uh, they are longer for this week, given how he, he has some competitive uh, reps now in the bag. He made the cut at the Masters, which is an accomplishment in itself. I think we'll see a better Tiger Woods. Uh, looking at the odds more in general, plus 1,100 for a top five finish, plus uh, 450 for a top 10, plus 210 for a top 20 finish. That's a number I'm really circling uh, there for Tiger Woods. One thing, though, as well for Tiger, it's great to see that he has that inner confidence. Mark, one time I remember uh, before the 2019 Open Championship at Portrush, he was asked about his state of his game before the tournament, and he said, it's not where I wanted to be. I was just in Thailand on vacation, if you recall that. And it was weird to see Tiger basically mailing that tournament in, if you, if you call it, because he just wasn't ready to play. But it seems like all systems go here for Tiger Woods. The speed's up, you know, averaging 175, 176 with the ball speed uh, on, on the driving range with a driver yesterday in practice. So I'm looking forward to seeing which Tiger Woods shows up this week in that marquee group. Yeah, and I think the odds that you're referring to there in terms of Augusta and here, I think that's strictly got to do with his history at Augusta National, just bringing those numbers yeah. down. Because to your point, they're, you know, technically speaking and physically speaking, the odds should be better this week than they were at Augusta based on what we saw there and what we know now. But that history at Augusta, that horses for courses play, always kind of tweaks those numbers. Now, before we go to break, let's hear Justin Thomas coming off a really good finish last week. Couldn't get it done. Has done everything this year but win for Justin Thomas. Just can't seem to get it over the hump. Justin Thomas at 14-1 to is only behind Rory McIlroy, John Rahm at 12 to 1, and Scotty Scheffler at 10 to 1. Justin Thomas alongside Colin Morikawa at 14 to 1, one of the favorites to get it done. Let's hear from JT. Yeah, I mean, I sure as hell would rather have one than zero. Um, I, I totally understand what you're saying. It is, it's a lot harder to get the second than I thought it would be, I think, inter internally. I think not as much pressure externally, um, but just on me, it's like, I mean, obviously when you win one, to get to where you want to go, you have to win the next one. And, you know, when you get on a little bit of a drought, it's, uh, it can be frustrating, but I'm just, I'm just trying to stay patient and understand that a lot of great players um, with unbelievable Hall of Fame-like careers have multiple major winners, haven't even won one until they're 30 or, or 35. And it's like, you know, you never know one year I could win two, three, four majors in a year. Like, I just have to be patient and just hope it happens sooner rather than later. 
Justin Thomas talking about the frustration really at this point in his career of only being a, a one-time major champion, which actually came at the PGA Championship, his lone major victory. Again, at 14-1, he'll go off at 14-1 with Colin Morikawa also at 14-1. Of course, Colin Morikawa already a multiple major champion at a very young age. We'll hear from Colin Morikawa later on in the show alongside uh, Patrick Cantley, who is looking for his first major. On the other side, we will head to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Southern Hills, and speak with Bob Weeks on location for TSN. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino Scully. Let's go down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Southern Hills. We've got Bob Weeks on the phone. Oh, he's coming in here. We're just having some trouble connecting with Bob. Bob on the ground with Graham Dillette for TSN Sports Center this week, tsn.ca. Lots of changes, Adam. That's what I'm curious about. I know, okay, weather-wise, Scully, we're going to have hot Thursday, Friday, cooler Saturday, Sunday. I think there's a bounce in the golf course from what I've heard today so far that we expect a hop early on Thursday. But there's some unique design changes, more so than runoffs around the green. Did you hear Bob's... Uh, take on some of the T-decks hitting over greens, across fairways, etc. That's something you find in Europe at, you know, old Lynx golf courses. You don't see it on this side of the pond. That was the first thing I thought of, Mark. Bally Bunyan, where there's a couple of times on that front side where you're, where you're hitting over greens. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. We don't see it very often in America. But as Bob mentioned on, on television, this is a case here. And Mark, I believe we have Bob on the line right now, too. Weeksy, uh, good to connect with you. How hot is it right now down there? Or have we hit uh, have we hit those smoking hot temperatures yet, or is it still comfortable? Uh, yeah, it's nine thirty in the morning, and it's one hundred and sixty degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's going to get roasty here, I think, and um, it'll cool down on the weekend. But it's uh, yeah, it's pretty sweaty here right now. It's going to be probably going to be a two or three shirt day. I would I guess. <laughs> So do do we expect then this golf tournament on Thursday and and I guess leading into Friday are we are we going to have a bounce in this golf course when we start this championship? I would think so. Uh, the greens right now are pretty soft by uh, reports we've talked to and players we've talked to. So that I would ex- expect they'll dry out. They you know we, we've talked about the sub air system that they have at uh, most famously at Augusta National where they can control at the uh, the temperature. Here they have a system underneath the greens. It's a, a sort of pipes that have cold water running through it, so they can control um, the temperature of the green that way. It's, it's obviously going to be more hot that they have to deal with than than cold. So they can they can kind of tinker with these greens a little bit, I would suspect. But I would think by uh, by starting time tomorrow they'll be pretty firm. 
Yeah, certainly expecting them to be pretty firm for sure, given the temperatures that you're getting today. And we'll be apparently seeing the next couple of days too, Bob. Now, Tiger Woods spoke yesterday, and Tiger Woods is in one of the marquee groups come Thursday morning with Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth. What's your excitement level to see those three tee off together Thursday morning? Yeah, I would expect that would be the, uh, the number one draw for fans who are going to show up here. Um, you know, seeing Tiger again anytime is great. Uh, he's he's still when you when you see him walk, he's still sort of hobbling a little bit. It's, it's obviously something he'll probably have for the rest of his life. But when he's hitting shots, it doesn't seem to affect him that much. He looks, you know, he looks stronger. He looks better. He looks uh, more in control of everything that's going on. He certainly talked positively at his press conference on Tuesday. Uh, he said he's here and he believes he can win, and we'll we'll see what he can put up. I think uh, I think the one thing that we don't talk about as much is. You know, the endurance factor will play a part not only in the four days that he's got here, but also in the lead-up here, his ability to spend a lot of time practicing. You know, he used to stand on his putting green at home two, three hours going, uh, rolling, rolling putts here and there, and, and now he can only do it for sort of 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. So there are some certainly some limitations that he's had to deal with, and I think the big word, though, is going to be endurance. He might be great on Thursday. Let's ha see how he is when he gets to Saturday and Sunday. It's going to cool down Saturday and Sunday. It's not going to be the cold, frigid weather that we had at Augusta National. But I still think uh, the heat here might play as, as much a part in tiring him out the first two days. So we'll watch for that as he gets, uh, hopefully, into the weekend if he makes the cut. Bob, I know you're high on Rory McIlroy this week. My initial instinct when I heard the grouping announcement yesterday afternoon that it was going to be Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy, my initial instinct was this might be the best thing for Rory. Uh, when you consider how high his opening rounds have been in majors at players, uh, not being able to get out of the gates and the catch-up, that maybe this is the distraction he needs. That maybe if he could just say, hey, I'm going to be the low man in this group Thursday and the low man in this group Friday and just kind of be distracted from what he's trying to do in the bigger picture, that this could really work in Rory's advantage. I don't know why it was just my gut instinct when I saw it announced. What did you feel when you heard that announcement? Do you think this could help Rory? Uh, you know, I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but it makes a lot of sense when you're, when you're talking about that. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, we, we've talked about this a few times, Mark, that, that Rory, as you said before that last round at Augusta national, just wants to go out there and play golf and have fun and, and, and relax a little bit. And that's, probably is is a good thing that could happen here there certainly will be um there'll be a lot more people around him but there might be a little bit less focus on him with that grouping bob, so it, bob it's were you thing, concerned were you concerned in, in, in the presser when he said he's going to be very conservative again and his new approach is to be conservative uh, on thursdays and fridays because it kind of feels like the opposite that you and i were talking about when we when we closed the door at augusta when we put a bow on augusta you and i were saying no man he's just got to go out and freewheel it and i'm not saying play stupid and i'm not saying playing you know crazy aggressive but freewheel it and if he feels like taking shots to take shots and i i didn't like that language he used in his presser yeah, I kind of interpreted that a little bit differently. I do, I do agree with what you're what you're saying. I kind of thought to me that it was more along the lines of uh, of um, more along the lines of he's just not gonna he's not gonna take himself out of any tournament, or he's not gonna be worried too much about where he is on the leaderboard after the first two tournaments, uh, first two rounds, I should say. I think that he just wants to go out, have a good, smart round of golf, 
and and see where he is. But I think in the past he's put too much pressure on himself to to force a good round lately in the, in those openers. So I think now we're uh, we're we're seeing a guy who might be playing a little bit smarter, if if that's such a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I I like I kinda like that attitude, but you're right. He's he's gotta he's got he's gotta put something into the sixties on the board, I would have to think. He hasn't broken seventy since twenty fourteen in the PGA championship, which by the way was the last time he won. Bob, you mentioned Rory McElroy trying to play smarter, and what I'm, who I'm about to ask you about, I wouldn't say is doing maybe the smart thing right now, and that's Bryson DeChambeau. He's back, he's playing with some sort of, would you call it a splint or some sort of cast or band or something on his, on his hand. He's routinely hitting 185 ball speed. He's still not officially playing the tournament. He said he could still pull out come Thursday morning. But given where he was a month ago after the Masters, how shocked are you to see Bryson on the grounds of the PGA Championship? And I wonder if somebody has told Bryson that they have a PGA every year. You know, he could he could miss this one and, and come back next year and play it. It just seems like he's pushing himself pretty far in terms of being uh, someone who wants to, to play this year. I don't know if with, he might be able to play, but can he actually um, – can he actually play well enough that he's going to be competitive with that hand? Uh, I haven't had a chance to see him yet. We'll probably track him down at some point today and see what it, what he looks like with that swing. But if you're playing with that kind of a limitation, I mean, why are you playing? Why wouldn't you save yourself up for the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks and, and, and kind of repack everything for that one? Yeah, that was kind of my initial instinct, too. And I know this afternoon on Golf Talk Canada Television, we're going to show that video of him ripping golf balls at 192 miles per hour ball speed. And just we're kind of all shaking our head looking at it. Okay, Bob, uh, Adam and I are going to give our edge picks at the end of the show. So I want to get your edge picks before uh, we let you go. But before I get your edge picks, I, I want you to fill in the blank because uh, I, I feel this. I feel The player who wins the PGA Championship will scramble better than anybody else in the field this week. I think we will look to the player who is near or at the top of strokes gained around the green. I think these little tight lies, these collection areas, these sharp edges of the green, greens very similar to Augusta National, the player that handles those when they miss the green, short side themselves, et cetera, and have those creative shots from tight lies is likely the person who's going to win this golf tournament. So I will ask you to fill in the blank. The player who does blank better than anyone else in the field will win the PGA Championship? I'm going to say hit fairways. I think that uh, the rough here is, is um, I won't say it's really deep, but it's it, the balls just, the people I've talked to say the balls just fall right down to the bottom of it. And they kind of knuckle when they come out. And, and this, is, um, this is a little bit like Augusta National. I think you referenced that, Mark, on TV this week where you said, not only do you have to hit the green, but you have to hit the right part of the green. And you definitely, definitely do not want to be above the hole on some of these slopey greens. So I think you, you need to get yourself in the fairway to have a chance at, at, that, uh, at making the correct shot into the green. So that would be my pick, but I, I still do like yours around the green because I think, I think what Gilhans did here in a lot of cases was uh, get rid of a lot of a long grass that's around here so you do have these runoff areas. And it's really, really tricky to try and make a shot here. And you can see the guys practicing it on uh, on some of the practice uh, short game areas here. Everybody is is practicing sort of a downhill onto a downhill green kind of shot. It's uh, it's not going to be easy if you miss a lot of greens here. 
Bob, last one from me. We've been talking edge odds throughout the show. The most most important question of all, you and Graham Dillette had this competition at the Masters eating egg salad sandwiches. You came out on top. Have you and Graham decided some sort of wager this week in Tulsa? Is there something on the grounds food-wise you've liked or something around? Is there some sort of food competition that the viewers and listeners want to hear about? Um, well, judging by our first two nights here, it might be beer, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if we can, uh, I don't know if we can continue that streak and, uh, and perform on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we may have to find something else. Although Graham is a hardcore Calgary Flames fan. So I suspect, uh, tonight's dinner will involve something along, uh, with a television set and, uh, and perhaps a stool, uh, where, where we'll be watching the flames and his, his flames and see if they can, uh, get a leg up in the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, just don't be drinking a ton of those $19 beers at the concession stand. <laughs> yeah, well. no, that, exactly that'll, right. uh, You'll be working that for free the, this week by the time we add that, them yeah, up, right? That, that, so, eats up the per diem. that eats up the per diem pretty quick. Pretty quick. All right, Bob, uh, give us your three edge picks before we let you go. Who do you like this week? Uh, I like Rory. Um, I like Rory McIlroy, as I said, and you pointed out. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like Corey Connors for that ball striking thing I was talking about. And I'm going to go for the little value pick uh, that I was working on this morning, which I think is Keegan Bradley, who's been playing some really good uh, golf and actually uh, has, a, I think, a two top five finishes in his last two starts. So that's the value pick there. You might look at him for something like a top 10 or a top 20 uh, uh, finish, but he could win it too. He's putting really well right now, which is something considering where he was uh, after the, uh, the long uh, anchored putter ban. Yeah, it's funny you go with Keegan Bradley, Bob, because I've been telling everybody all week who will listen, I don't like Keegan Bradley to win this golf championship, but I love Keegan Bradley if someone's thinking of a top five play with, uh, you know, or a top 10 play and looking at that way or trying to find a sleeper pick in their pool in a category that he's grouped in with a bunch of other players. I mean, a lot of places you can find Keegan Bradley at 105 to one. And I'm with you. He's a no brainer at those odds. Again, I think he'll, he would have a hard time closing the door. We saw that at the Wells Fargo a week ago, but T8, T4, T2 in his last three starts and his only major championship came here in 2011 in the PGA championship. So, who knows? But uh, all right, Weeksy, you got you have a great week. We will talk to you Monday. We'll be watching you on SportsCenter. I'm sure we'll chat over the weekend. I'm sure I'll be texting you uh, at some point, going, "How do you miss that shot?" Getting all angry from my living room or something like that. So I can, I can have a good I one, Bob. The, I can sense the anger in your in your text. So a good good, good for that. All right, see you, boys. Take, have a good one. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Take care, Weeksy. All right, on the other side, uh, we're going to catch up with Patrick Cantley, Colin Morikawa. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino. It is Scully. We are wrapping up Hour 1 of our PGA Championship Preview Special. Hour 2, we're going to switch gears a little bit in Hour 2 because we got to talk a little Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil Mickelson, obviously not in attendance, still in hiatus due to his support of the 
Live Golf Series. We will get into that in hour two. We'll also hear from Mackenzie Hughes, who went one-on-one with Bob Weeks. And uh, Adam and I will give you our TSN edge picks as well and see who we like heading into the year's second major. But let's hear now from a couple of the other favorites that we have yet to hear from. Patrick Cantley is 20-1. Uh, to 1. And Patrick Cantley, the reigning FedEx Cup champion, he's got four top fives already this season. He's a winner at the Zurich, and the team event was Andrew Shoffley, one of the best putters in the game. And really the natural progression for him in his career at this point is to win a major. He has not had great success in majors. His time is due. Can Cantley bring it this week? Let's hear from Patrick Cantley. Bug me isn't quite the right term, but you know, definitely something I'm uh, really earnest on trying to fix. Are you doing anything differently this week to, to, to change your, uh, you know, how you prepare or go about your business for a major? Nope. Um, I try to treat the majors like, you know, all the rest of the tournaments, prep as good as I can to win the golf tournament and get my game in the right spot to suit that place. And I think I've done a good job of that this week and go see another nine holes tomorrow and try and get even more comfortable on this layout. I think when you hear that, you know, the media Adam is trying to goad him into, uh, oh, you got to do things differently or you got to treat these different. And, and you hear it in Patrick Cantley's voice, very similar to how, you know, Scotty Scheffler speaks. I, I, I'm not creating these things in my head that aren't there or biting into this narrative. I prepare to try to win every golf tournament. It hasn't happened for me yet at a major. I'm going to continue to do what I do. And, you know, eventually this is you know going to happen for me if I do what I do best because when he does what he does best, we saw what it, what happened last year in the playoffs at, and at the FedEx Cup, as well as how he played at the Ryder Cup. Uh, are you into that approach? Because I I think you have to do what's right for you. Phil Mickelson used to, you know, three hours ahead of his tee time, show up at a major for his prep, uh, which is, you know, two hours longer than a normal regular event. So he had his major prep was different than his regular tournament prep. But that's to each the individual. I think if you're the type of person that is like Patrick Cantley, that level, very calm, straight line personality type, why change it up? Exactly. And Cantley has had success at major championships before. You know, he had a great chance to win the 2019 Masters at a piece of the lead at one moment on that Sunday afternoon. But you mentioned how he's even keel. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. And that's what you need at a major championship, like a, a PGA championship like we're playing this week, or a U.S. Open where you really have to be patient. We saw that hot run he went on in the FedEx Cup playoffs last year to, to go on to win the whole thing and the Ryder Cup, like you mentioned. So Patrick Cantlay at 20-1, to 1, not only is that a good pick this week, that's also a good value this week, too, for Patrick Cantlay. He'll, uh, he's also uh, just just behind Victor Hovland at 16-1, to 1, Dustin Johnson at 16-1, to 1. And Colin Morikawa at 14 to 1. Now, Colin Morikawa alongside Justin Thomas, the two players at 14 to 1, only trailing McElroy, Rom, and Scheffler. Morikawa, it's, it's very hard to decide what type of season Colin Morikawa is having. Because by the numbers, Adam, he's done everything but win. In a way, Morikawa has had a very similar season to Justin Thomas. Yet, when we talk about Justin Thomas, we talk about him with. Cup half full, encouraging, uh, excitement that that a win's coming. Yet when I hear people talk about Colin Morikawa, who's had a very similar year 
again, without the victory, it's like, oh, we don't know what to expect from Morikawa. And I think that is because the bar has been set so high for Morikawa already. Two majors already before the age of 24. If he's not racking off wins left, right, and center or winning big tournaments, we kind of have a a bit of a deflation of Morikawa. He's not going to be part of my edge picks this week. I'll tell you that right now. I don't have Morikawa, but it would never surprise me at any moment on, in, in, in time, when you tell me, to Bob's point, that you need to hit the green at Southern Hills and not just hit the green on the putting service, but put that iron shot into the proper location on the green, if Morikawa contends, I will not be shocked at all because he's still the best iron player in the world. And if it's not Morikawa, the next name on that list is likely Justin Thomas. Let's hear from Colin Morikawa, 14-1. What's more difficult, winning the first or the second major? <laughs> Just winning in general. No, it really is. Um, look, we, I think every time it happens, luckily I've been fortunate to have it happen a handful of times for tournaments since I've turned pro. Um, you just really embrace that and you, you feel how lucky you are and, and all the hard work and you, you really feel that emotion that comes up when you finish. Um, so it's, you know what, it's, it's been a while and uh, hopefully we can get back to that just kind of mentality and get back to that state of let's just go out to win. You know, we're here to win. Adam, would you be surprised? I, I, you know, again, you've got to putt well to win any golf tournament, but, but this is not going to be a putting contest. This is going to be like Bob likes keeping it in the fairway, this Bermuda rough that he mentioned. You know, it falls to the bottom. You're going to have some guesswork. So it, there's a lot going into this PGA Championship. Uh, if it comes down to iron play, again, there's not many players better. In fact, I don't think there's anyone better when it comes to iron play. Would you be surprised? Wouldn't be surprised for sure. You mentioned the iron play, fifth in greens and regulation. I am a little concerned about you know the chipping, 192nd in strokes gained around the green. But he, uh, he played with Rory McIlroy Sunday afternoon at the Masters. Had a great finish there, too. So he's coming in with a lot of confidence. He's won this tournament before back in 2020. He's another guy, Mark, like you mentioned, has had a great season, similar to Justin Thomas, everything but win. Wouldn't be surprised to see Colin Morikawa there with many other top players in the world come Sunday afternoon. I'm concerned about the play around the greens as well because I think that is so important here at this golf tournament, which is why he's not part of my edge picks this week. But Colin Morikawa can win this golf tournament if he leads in greens of regulation and strokes gain approach. If he does that, it means that he hasn't had to chip all week that he hasn't had to get up and down all week. So if he can be top of the food chain on those two categories, he'll have an opportunity to win. Okay, on the other side, we got to switch gears, Adam, because we haven't mentioned the biggest story that isn't on the golf course. The defending champion, Phil Mickelson, not in the field, choosing to stay in the wilderness. The hiatus continues from professional golf. What does it mean? Where will we see Phil next? Will we see Phil on the PGA Tour this year again? So many question marks. We'll hear from some of the world's biggest names when they were asked about Phil Mickelson on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. 
And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back. Hour 2 Golf Talk Canada PGA Championship Preview Special. It is Zacchino, it is Scully. Coming up in Hour 2, we're going to go... One-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes as Bob spoke with him yesterday on the grounds at Southern Hills. Adam and I will let you know all things that are GTC as there is a deep schedule coming up uh, for Golf Talk Canada. We'll also give you our TSN edge picks. But Scully, we got to switch gears right now because Phil Mickelson not on the grounds this week. Uh, We should be celebrating the greatest PGA Championship victory in the history of this event. Uh, Last year, becoming the oldest major champion um, in history, getting it done at Kiowa Island, getting it done in a way too over, you know, Brooks Kepka, just dominating a field that not, nobody saw it coming. Instead, here we are, and we're at a stage where we don't know if or when we're ever going to see Phil Mickelson again. Uh, is he all in now with this Live Golf Series? It's going to be opposite the Canadian Open. Uh, we're going to get into it, Adam, Adam and I, and where we see this, but we, we should hear now from some of the best players in the world who were asked about Phil Mickelson. Uh, first up, uh, you know, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson have been attached at the, at the hip for the majority of their career, sometimes very you know, good, sometimes not so much. They've had a, an up-and-down relationship over the years, and, and they look at this current Saudi Golf Series and, and the state of the PGA Tour through a completely different lens. Uh, let's hear Tiger now on Phil Mickelson, not at the PGA Championship. It's always disappointing when the defending champion's not here. Um, Phil is, has said some things that I think a, a lot of us who are committed to the tour and committed to the, the legacy of the tour have pushed back against, and um, he's taken some personal time. and. Uh, we all understand that, but I think that some of his views and how the tour could be run, should be run, um, been a lot of disagreement there. Um, but as, 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 as we all know, as a professional, um, we miss him being out here. I mean, he's a big draw for the game of golf. Um, he's just taking his time, and, um, you know, we, we all wish him the best when he comes back. Obviously, we're going to have difference of opinions that how we seize the tour, and um, we'll go from there. Tiger suggesting Phil taking some time, still a big draw. It's just a difference of opinion on how the tour should run. Now, Tiger and Rory McIlroy have been uh, very much aligned early out of the gates when the Live Series or rumors of a Saudi golf league were, were starting to leak and, and, and discussion was starting. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy were the, two of the very first names to stand up and put their flag in the ground and say, I'm supporting the PGA Tour. I don't, I don't agree with this narrative of Phil Mickelson referring to the tour as greedy and things of that nature. Uh, McIlroy was asked as well earlier this week his thoughts on Mickelson not being there. Unfortunate, sad. Uh, like this should, I mean, 
this should be a celebration, right? I mean, he, he won a major championship at 50 years old. It was, you know, possibly his last, you know, big, big moment in the game of golf. And, you know, he, he should be there. I, I think he should be here this week and, and you know, celebrating what and monumental achievement he, um, he achieved last year. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I can say. Uh, and finally, John Rahm. And, and John Rahm has been, I don't want to call the most moderate in terms of his opinion. It's not that he has, you know, certainly, back, he wouldn't back Phil Mickelson. He hasn't backed the Saudi Golf League. But he also hasn't been as firm in his conviction and his statements, uh, let's just say, as McElroy and Woods. And has also spoke of forgiveness and and, and then maybe it's time to uh, let Phil a little bit off the hook for this. Uh, before we get into it, let's hear from John Rahm. Phil's got to do what Phil's got to do. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. I can't remember last time a major champion didn't defend the title. Uh, but he's got to do what's best for him. That's all I can say. Uh, I can't say it makes me unhappy as long as what he's doing what was best for him. I can't truly say I'm, I'm not happy. Uh, I would like, I would have liked to see him defend. I know he's played good here in the past, but uh, again, he's got to do what he's got to do. All right, Adam. Um, let's start with this. Are you surprised he's not here? I, I am. I, I, you know what? I am. I, I've thought about this a lot, and I mentioned on on Monday's show how it's sad that he's not here. You, you know, I, I thought he played the Masters. I, I really did. I, I think that Phil would never, knowing him, skip an opportunity to win another major championship given where he was last year. And to not be here where he had arguably one of the greatest golf victories ever a year ago, I'm, I'm very surprised he's not here. And, and, and you wonder how much has to do with that book that Alan Shipnuck wrote that uh, was released yesterday and another book uh, coming out here shortly uh, as well uh, because... If Phil came, assuming he would speak to the media, which he would safely presume he would, that would be 30 minutes of some of the most must-see TV ever. But at, at some point, like Phil's gonna, he's going to show up somewhere at some point. It's not like we're never going to hear from him again. So you would think, why not come back to the event where you surprised everyone last year, starting the week with 200 to 1 odds to win outright, going on to win, where... You know, the world's a forgiving place. And Phil's a guy walking around, thumbs up, going everywhere and, and acknowledging the crowd. We saw that a lot last year. I think at some point he's, he has to come back and, you know, some sort of apology and interact with fans like he always does. But to answer your question, yes, I am very surprised he's not playing this week. Well, I'm starting to wonder if, if he's going to come back. I'm starting to wonder if we're ever going to have that moment. We still don't really have an apology. We have an apology to, to the Saudi Golf Federation. We don't have an apology to the PGA Tour. Um, we have a defense of his statements and an apology to the Saudi Golf League. Um, I'm surprised he didn't show up at Augusta because, as we, as we have seen in the past, that's a place that people tend to come back to face the music because it's a contained environment. Uh, the media is on best behavior and spectators and fans, patrons are on best behavior. So it's, it's a good place to kind of rip the Band-Aid off. It didn't happen. Now it's not happening here. If you remember his post remarks after the PGA Championship, standing at the podium with the trophy last year, he mentioned, maybe this is my last win ever. Or 
Or maybe I found something here. You know, maybe I have found something late in my career, in my concentration, in my preparation, because from a speed standpoint and a physicality standpoint, he's hitting it further than ever or was a year ago at this time. Is this an omission, Adam? Because you brought up something there. Is that why would Phil give up a chance to win another major is what you just said. And a year ago, why would Phil Mickelson give up a chance a year ago to win another major? So is this an omission in a way that he doesn't believe he can win another major championship and in a way he's given up on his legacy, that his legacy is what it is and that he can no longer compete? Because if Phil Mickelson thinks he can still compete and add to his legacy, add to the totals of his majors, then why isn't he here? Right. Well, the only reason he's here is, isn't here is because of what he's done off the golf course. But in a way, he's always been a super competitive animal. He's always been about being the man, trying to be the guy. And the fact that he's not here makes me wonder if he's given up on his career. Yeah, that's very possible. I mean, his legacy is going to be tarnished regardless. If he doesn't ever come back, it'll be damaged for sure, in terms of potentially being a Ryder Cup captain. I think you can throw that out the window if he never decides uh, to come back. But in terms of actually playing golf, we've seen one or two videos of him online actually playing uh, somewhere in, in the States. So who knows how much golf he's actually played, right? I mean, we, we don't know if he's by himself right now. We don't know if he's with his family right now. We don't know if he's practicing a lot. We, we really have no idea what Phil is up to right now. So maybe he just thought he would a be embarrassed by being barraged by the media about everything that's going on and Phil through his career has been able to talk his way out of a lot of problems and and sort of you know not be a phony as as some people have have, have spoken about but you know talked his way out of a lot of problems but maybe he just knew that he wasn't going to be able to compete at a high level he, he didn't want to show his rusty game off to the world, and he didn't want to be embarrassed by the press, by, by the media, by some of the questions that would come his way, maybe, but it's, it's still surprising that he's not here, given where he was a year ago. Okay, I firmly believe now at this point that he is showing up in London for the first Live Series event, which will be opposite the RBC Canadian Open, which will be in violation of his PGA Tour membership, as they have not, grant, have not granted releases to the players that have asked for them. So if they go ahead and play, they are in violation of their tour agreement. Then the lawyers will start circling the wagons. The lawsuits will start, and we'll see what happens. But I believe at the bare minimum, that is going to result in, in, in an annual suspension, at least the suspension for the remainder of this season and possibly next. Bare minimum, remainder of this season. So I don't believe we will see Phil Mickelson again on the PGA Tour for this year. How do you feel? And what does the USGA and what does the RNA do? Do they fall in line with the PGA Tour? Do they not have to, Adam? They have to. They absolutely have to, given what the PGA Tour has done. They have to follow that line. And, and, and you know, Phil has registered for the U.S. Open. He is obviously eligible to play for the U.S. Open because he won the, you know, he won the PGA Championship last year. If he hadn't won that PGA Championship last year, he wouldn't have automatically been eligible for the U.S. Open last year at Torrey Pines. So you would think they would have to follow suit. Obviously, the PGA Tour doesn't disclose suspensions 
98% of the time. So if you were to be suspended, we we would eventually hear about it. On, on we, but it's still this is still an this is still such a strange thing to not have the defending champion there, as John Rom was talking about. Also strange think, too. Do you think Phil shows up in London? Do you think he plays? I do. I, I, I think Phil shows up in London, and will he speak to the press there? I don't know if Greg Norman has some special rule, rule where he won't have to speak to the press or something, Phil Mickelson, but I did find it interesting too, Mark, and I'd love to hear your perspective here. Tiger was asked if he had reached out to Phil, and because Phil had, has reached out to Tiger in the past when Tiger has gone through his hardships, more specifically having the chipping yips and, and after the car accident um, or after, the, after his DUI back in May, uh, May of 2017. And Tiger said, I have not reached out to Phil. We have a difference of opinion. When you heard those comments, what, what was your opinion on that? Yeah, this, uh, I found that interesting as well. They have a difference of opinion, and it's been very up and down over the years on how, when they've been close, if they've been close, what their relationship's like. I think this is a different one. I don't think, I think if Phil was going through something personally, if Phil was ill, if, uh, if Phil was, you know, going through injury like Tiger has done, I think Tiger would reach out to Phil. I think this is Phil putting himself above the PGA Tour, above the game. The fact that Phil hasn't apologized is probably also part of the reason why Tiger might not reach out to Phil. He's still waiting for Phil to show some remorse on what he said about the PGA Tour, amongst other things. So I think that's the difference, Adam. I think if Phil Mickelson had have apologized by now, maybe Tiger would have reached out as amongst other players that probably haven't maybe touched base with him as well. But I mean, at the end of the day, no one's ever going to defend the decisions Tiger made uh, when he went through his personal dilemma. But those were personal choices. And you know what? The Beatles broke up a long time ago. Men and women make bad relationship decisions on a daily basis. Women cheat on their husbands. Husbands cheat on their men. Domestic uh, incidents happen, and you see cars pull up in front of houses all the time. Now, they're just usually the not, maybe not the most famous athlete in the world when it happens, okay? But Tiger didn't put himself above the PGA Tour or the game of golf, and I think that's what Phil's doing at the moment. He's trying to throw a grenade at a tour that has made him almost a billionaire and possibly a billionaire. We don't really know what the numbers are and what he's lost along the way. And I think that's the difference. All right. Well, let's put a bow on this Phil Mickelson. Time will tell. There's going to be a lot still to unfold. And unfortunately, a lot of it's going to unfold the week of the Canadian Open. Yeah. And the field at the RBC Canadian Open is not going to suffer. The field's going to be incredible. We're going to have the greatest... Uh, Canadian Open maybe possibly in history at St. George's in a few weeks. Uh, but unfortunately, while that's going on, we're also going to have to be dealing with possibly uh, Phil Mickelson news, Live Golf Series news. This is, uh, this is going to be an ongoing saga. On the other side, Bob went one-on-one with one of three Canadians in the field, Mackenzie Hughes at the PGA Championship. We'll hear from him next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We have three Canadians in the field of the PGA Championship. Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, and Mackenzie Hughes. And yesterday, Bob arrived at Tulsa, Oklahoma at Southern Hills. Had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Mackenzie. Let's hear that interview. PGA Championship, uh, it's going to be hot. It's going to be long. It's going to be a test. How do you feel coming into the championship? Uh, my game feels pretty good. I have found some nice things in my swing the last couple of weeks and um, you know coming in with some momentum I feel like and it's a golf course that I like seems to um, have a pretty high value on shots around the greens so I feel like that's going to benefit me uh, as good as you can hit it you're going to miss some greens still in some awkward spots so I think that um, getting the ball up and down making some five six footers is going to be important so um, I, I like the golf course. I think it's going to be a fun test. If the wind blows like it has been today, uh, we'll be in for a treat. What's the difference between this this course as you played at uh, the start of the week with no wind and now today we're getting blustery, which we're expecting through the tournament rounds? Yeah, I just think because the greens ask you to hit it into, into particular spots to have like good looks. Um, yesterday afternoon when I played with almost no wind, it seemed a lot easier from the fairway to get into those spots. Well, now with you know, it blowing 20 miles an hour, it's hard to find those spots in the greens. And then when you're in the wrong spots in the greens, the greens are very tricky and ask a lot of you, you know, as far as just two-putting your ball, um, you can get in spots where it's uh, very difficult to two-putt. So I think, uh, you know, like I said, if the wind blows like it is now, um, it totally changes the complexity of the tournament. I think it makes it much more like a, you know, six to eight under winning. Uh, if it's calm, I could see someone getting double digits, like 12, 13. So, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, I'm ho- hoping it blows, though. I like it when it plays tough. You've been out here a number of years. Now you've played a ton of major championships. What's what's your comfort level now at these four big events? Yeah, I, I feel as though because I've contended and uh, played well in the last few I've played in, their last couple uh, last year, it gave me a big boost of confidence to come into these tournaments thinking that they're, uh, they're still important and they're big, but you you start to start to treat them more like you would a regular event. Uh, you know, when I go to the you go to Bay Hill or you go to the Jack's Place, uh, they're 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 all big tournaments uh, with with huge meetings to them. So you you find out what it is that helps you prepare and play your best, and then it doesn't really change. Uh, I don't think for these for me anyways. Um, so I think the the last year playing well in those tournaments, following the same kind of routine. Just gave me that confidence to know, okay, it's not, you don't have to do anything different. You don't have to change your game. You don't have to think differently. Um, so that, that that gave me a big boost of confidence. Now when I come here this week, uh, when I was at the Masters in the spring, just that that comfort level, that uh, that quiet confidence that if you play your game that you have a chance to win. Is, is it comfortable when you get in the lead? You were in, the, you were in and near the lead for the last couple, as you mentioned, last year. What changes when that happens, and are you sort of prepared for that? If, should it happen again this week? Yeah, I think that you're always prepared for that. Um, as a golfer, you, you know, we're sometimes so hard on ourselves, but we're eternally optimistic at the same time. Like you always feel like that great round's coming, or that um, you know that next win is right, right around the corner. So, I think you're always prepared for that to happen. Um, you're, you're always gonna be nervous, and I think that's uh, totally natural and normal to feel that. And I think that when I do my best, I try to uh, really embrace those feels. Um, you know, I look at it more of a privilege than uh, than a burden. Uh, if I get to feel the, the nerves of a final group, that's uh, something I've worked hard to achieve. So uh, that's 
that's what I hope to do this week, and hopefully uh, come Sunday I'll be having one of those last few tee times. All right, thanks, Mac. All right, thanks, Bob. Interesting comments from Mackenzie Hughes. A few things I take from that, Adam, are he sees the importance of the shots around the greens that you and I have been talking about all show. That you know checks a box for Mackenzie Hughes. The fact that he's more comfortable now in his preparation and being near the lead in a big golf tournament checks another box for Mackenzie Hughes. You and I have spoken about the similarities over the last few days between Southern Hills and Augusta National. Well, that checks a box for Corey Connors. You know, look at the the string of top tens he's put together at the Masters. Um, Adam Hadwin has come back into form in the last couple of months. I I feel confident that we're going to have multiple Canadian flags in contention this week. And it's not a homer attitude. I mean, there are boxes checked and reasons to believe they will play well. Isn't this great, Mark, that there's been, it's been at least five straight majors where there's been a Canadian inside the top 20. I think of Corey Connors with those three straight top 10s at the Masters, like you alluded to. He held the 18-hole lead at the PGA Championship. Mackenzie Hughes, final group Sunday afternoon at the U.S. Open. Mackenzie Hughes, again, the lowest ever, uh, the best ever finished by a Canadian-born player at the Open Championship last year. Corey Connors was also in the mix. Connors this past year at the Masters, too. So it's amazing to see three Canadians in the mix. And you, you talk about value uh, in terms of odds. Mackenzie Hughes' odds to win are 280 to 1 right now. Adam Hadwin, 210 to 1. And these are guys who have played good golf in the last little stretch here. Adam Hadwin, three top tens in his last six starts. Mackenzie Hughes tied for ninth in his last start at the Wells Fargo. And Corey Connors is Corey Connors playing solid golf, steady, steady Eddie there. So all three Canadians uh, have a great chance this week. You know, top 20 play, top 10 play. Who knows? Maybe also get in the mix for the final round as well. Well, speaking of play, on the other side, Adam and I are going to break down our TSN edge picks for the PGA Championship. Who do we like heading into the year's second major at Southern Hills? We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Scully. All right, TSN Edge, your home for all your fantasy needs in the world of sports, including the PGA Tour. Each Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada TV, Bob, Adam, and myself let you know who we like for that week's event. It's PGA Championship Week, thus it is a bonus radio as well for Golf Talk Canada here on a Wednesday on TSN 1050. Thus, we will give you our TSN Edge picks today as well. We heard from Bob earlier in the show adam who do you like this week and why do you like him okay yeah starting off the hop we heard from this guy earlier in the show justin thomas i think he's just due to pick up another victory and another major championship hard to believe his last major win his only major win was in 2017 i I might be a little concerned in his pre-tournament press conference he sounded 
not sick, but maybe some allergies. He was clearing his throat a lot, coughing a lot. So I don't know if maybe if something went down the wrong tube and he was eating something just before or he just wasn't feeling great. I don't know. But, uh, but Justin Thomas, a host of top tens, uh, seven top tens, I should say, this season. T8 at the Masters as well, despite an opening four over 76. So Justin Thomas, he has Bones McKay on the bag here too. I think he'll have a big influence on Justin Thomas this week. Mark, he is my favorite. Do you, do you want to go back and forth here or do you want me to give you three picks? Whatever I'm giving you, you take them all, boss. Okay, here we go, baby. Okay, one guy we haven't mentioned at all in this show, Dustin Johnson. And this mm. is more of a hunch here. He has played well in the big events this season, a fourth at the WGC match play, ninth at the players with a, with a Monday 63 that week, and 12th at the Masters. He's done very well at the PGA before with six career top tens. He's had a pretty quiet season. I played some good golf last week at the Byron Nelson, but everyone played good golf at the Byron Nelson last week. So I, I, think, I think Dustin Johnson is just due to break through. Uh, on our edge picks coming out uh, a little later this afternoon, I had Corey Connors on my list. I love Corey Connors this week, but because I've already picked him, I'm going to tell you about some other guys. Okay. I've got two other, I've got two other value plays. Who perfect? Uh, one one guy I was more, I was very high on going into the Masters. That's Shane Lowry. Mm-hmm. I love him as a value play, Adam. He is still one of the best iron players in the game. Look at his stroke gain approach numbers. If this comes down to iron play, I mean, watch out for Shane Lowry. And, and Mark, taking a look at his last uh, six stroke play events, second at the Honda Classic, 13th at Players, 12th at Valspar, uh, T3 at the Masters, T3 at the RBC Heritage. Shane Lowry is playing some great golf right mm-hmm. now. He could be due for that major victory in number two this week. And another value play, Will Zalatoris. Why not? He's looking for that first PGA Tour win, looking for that first major win, obviously. Five top tens this season has always been one of the great ball strikers on the PGA Tour. Ninth in greens and regulation at this point. First in strokes gain approach to green. As always with Zalatoris Mark, it's kind of a guessing game when he's inside four feet. Get the heebie-jeebies every once in a while when you watch him uh, from short range. 185th in strokes gained putting for Will Zalatoris. But at 41-1 to at this point, Will Zalatoris, another good value pick. Well, my two value plays this week, I already gave you Keegan Bradley, currently at 120-1 to right now, Ooh. Keegan Bradley, at 121. But I don't believe Keegan Bradley can win. I like Keegan Bradley in a top-five play. Or if you're in a fantasy pool and you've got him in a category against a bunch of other players and you don't know who to go because it's not the class of the PGA Tour, I really like Keegan Bradley as that value play. My other value play was Shane Lowry. I was all over him for a value play. And unlike Keegan Bradley, I think this value play can win. I think this value play has an absolute chance of hoisting the trophy and winning his second major. So I'm with you on Shane Lowry actually as a value play, as a win play. Uh, for Shane Lowry but my picks this week I'm heavy on the favorites because to me there's just too many of them playing well at the right time you can't ignore Scotty Scheffler he is the favorite at 10 to 1 but he's the favorite for a reason and if his name was anything other than Scotty Scheffler he'd probably be 5 to 1 or 6 to 1 the fact that it's not Rory McIlroy or John Rahm is the reason you're getting him at 10 to 1 four wins already reigning masters champion uh, he's contending every time he plays. Last week, he, he brought his B game to knock the rust off uh, at, uh, at the Byron Nelson, finished tied for 15th just to knock the rust off, calling the Southern Hills his favorite golf course. We know how good he is around tight lies, shot 64 in the practice round. 
I mean, Scotty Scheffler is going to have a chance to win another major. So hard to win back-to-back majors, but, I mean, if he doesn't contend on Sunday, I'll be shocked. Someone we haven't mentioned throughout this entire show, Adam, who is the second biggest story in this golf tournament. With all due respect to Rory McIlroy, and obviously Tiger Woods is the biggest story. He always is the biggest story. Uh, If Tiger were to contend or win this championship, it would be the biggest story of the year. But the second biggest story would be Jordan Spieth joining the most elite club in golf history. Only five players have ever won a career grand grand slam uh, of the professional men's major. The last player to do so, Tiger Woods, to join that elite list of five players, Jordan Spieth looking to add his name to become the sixth player. Think about it, only six players in the, in the entire history, going back to Gene Sarazen as the first to win a career Grand Slam. I don't know, Adam. You know, Jordan Spieth's had a couple of chances to do this now, about four or five chances to complete a career Grand Slam already. But I don't know if the stars have aligned as well as they have right now for Jordan Spieth. He's got two second-place finishes and a win already this season. He's coming off one of those seconds. His ball striking has never been better. Look at his tee to green and approach green stats for his ball striking. Never been better. He's still one of the greatest scramblers in the game of golf. If you need to get up and down around the greens, he's still your boy. The one hiccup, still the putter. And he, he was uh, 36 last week in strokes game putting at the Byron Nelson. If he had been anywhere in the top 20, he would have won that golf tournament hands down. Probably would have won by, by more than one. If, if Jordan Spieth has a decent week of putting, we could be talking about a historic performance right now. We really could be. And it's been great to see Jordan Spieth bounce back. You know, obviously he won last year at the Valero Texas Open. You mentioned the victory a couple of weeks ago as well. And and even he spoke about after that victory winning without a putter, which is which is still mind boggling given where Jordan Spieth was when he was at his best in 2015. He was really carried by that flat stick because he wasn't the great he wasn't the best ball striker in the world with that weak shot to the to the right if he wasn't hitting it mm-hmm. great back in 2015, 2016. Obviously came back to haunt him at the Masters on that twelfth hole on Sunday. But for Jordan Spieth, the way he's he's striking it right now, the confidence is certainly there. He's Golf's a better uh, golf's a better place when in a better place when Jordan Spieth is in the mix. He's so entertaining to watch whether he's shooting 65 or 75. He always talks to his golf ball. Jordan Spieth also a, a very good pick for this week. And you can get him right now at 20 to one uh, if you want to talk value to win this golf tournament at 20 to one. And, and I mentioned this to Bob on TV the other day. I said to Bob, the only other player that comes to mind is Phil Mickelson who was able to miss short putts in golf tournaments and still find the winner's circle. Now, did it, did it occasionally bite them throughout their career and they could have won more tournaments if they buried those three-footers? Yes, a 1,000%. But I don't recall any other player other than Mickelson, like Spieth, who can miss short putts and find ways to win golf tournaments. I was working uh, RBC Heritage for uh, PGA Tour Live, and I had Jordan Spieth on the Saturday night when he three-putt from like nine feet on the 18th green. And I said to myself, well, there goes his chances tomorrow. He just gave away this golf tournament with a three-putt from nine feet on Saturday night. And he, he puts it in the pass, went out there, and he beat Patrick Cantley in a playoff to win that RBC Heritage, uh, which leads me, Adam, to my final pick, Patrick Cantley. There you go. Uh, also at 20-1, to 1, I think Cantley... Um, 
should have multiple victories this year. He doesn't. He's got four top fives, and he's got a win at the Zurich, which is a team event. But his performance at the Zurich with the flat stick was shockingly good. I mean, when he gets that putter going, it looks like he can make it from everywhere. I think he's due a big performance. Uh, I also think it's time for him to win a major. So my favorites are Scheffler, Spieth, and Cantley. I gave you the value plays. I'm going to tell you something right now. Between you, Bob, and myself, the one name that I am shocked that never came out on TV or radio when discussing who we like in this championship is Xander Shoffley. Mm -hmm. I am shocked after what Shoffley did at the Zurich with Cantley and what he did last week on the weekend, the Byron Nelson. It almost feels like stars are aligning for Xander Shoffley, yet none of us had him anywhere. If I were to give you one more name as a favorite that you would go with, if I could give you a bonus pick, would you go Xander Shoffley or would you go elsewhere? And are you as surprised as I am that he was not selected amongst the three of us? Yeah, I mean, we can all look pretty smart or, or pretty dumb from, from every every now and again uh, on our show. So uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I guess I'm a little surprised given the, his recent form. Uh, I, I'm still all over Xander Shoffley for the U.S. Open, given his past success there. I He will a million percent be on my edge team uh, for the U.S. Open in about a month or so from now. Yeah, I, I guess a little surprised, Mark. But if, if I were to pick one other guy as a favorite, it wouldn't be Xander Shoffley. It would actually be, uh, it would actually be Cameron Smith. And mm-hmm. Cameron Smith had this great year already uh, with a pair of victories, obviously, uh, the the called tumultuous Sunday at the Masters, starting with that 12th hole. Uh, he's also a, a good guy who could be considered for a first round leader if if you're into that sort of wager at, at around yeah. 27 to one right now for first round leader uh, for Cameron Smith. And and you know he's he's great par, par five scoring is is one of his strong suits as well. So Cameron Smith would be another favorite for me if I were to uh, pick one more. How about you? Well, it's funny uh, because I would, you know, Cameron Smith was my pick for the Masters. Him and Colin Morikawa were my two picks. They were my two favorites at Augusta. And I was, the only reason I, I'm not on Cameron Smith right now for this is I'm worried about scar tissue. I think, I think, I don't believe enough time has passed. I think we have to let him cool off, have a decent summer. He might be on my radar when we get to the U.S. Open again, because I think he's that good. I think the wound's still too fresh for him for Augusta, which is why I'm not on Cameron Smith. If you were to give me one more favorite pick, I would be grinding it out right now, whether I go Xander Shoffley or Hideki Matsuyama. Because I was very high on Hideki this year until the injury happened. And I mean, I love, I I was really willing to pick Hideki at almost every golf tournament he played this year, the way he came out of the gates. But the injury sidetracked him. So right now, if you were to give me one more favorite pick, I'd be trying to decide between Shoffley and Hideki. I'll give you one more value play before we go to break. And the only reason I'm going to give you this value play is you mentioned first round leader plays. And you mentioned Cameron Smith. I'll give you another first round leader play. Somebody does it almost every week on the PGA Tour that is yet to win, but is going to be winning anytime very soon. Cameron Young. Look at first-round scoring average on the PGA Tour. Look at Cameron Young's average position after an opening round on Thursday. This kid 
comes out on the gates on fire. He checks all the boxes. Sooner or later, Cameron Young's going to start stacking up wins. Hard to make your first win a major. I get it. Not a lot of major experience. But you want a surprise name out of the gates early on Friday morning when everybody starts asking us who's fill-in-the-blank. That who could be Cameron Young, Adam. And you know, on the odds, he's plus 4,100 to be first-round leader right now. He's had a second-place finish at the Wells Fargo, had a great finish as well at the Genesis Invitational. Cameron Young is another great value play. Now, Mark, before we go to break, I, I have to throw this on you because I just saw this on social media. Generally, this mm-hmm. segment uh, is for winners weird and what. And yes. I just saw something online that was bizarre. So Tiger okay. Woods is playing a practice round right now as we speak, right. with Honor Bon Lahiri. On the yeah. first tee was the Stanley Cup. What? what? In Tulsa, what? Oklahoma? In Tulsa, yeah. It, I, I, it's been retweeted off of the Golf Talk Canada a Twitter right. account. And the Stanley Cup is just there. It's I, I haven't strange. seen an explanation why the Stanley Cup happens to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Just It's got a front row seat to Tiger Woods in the practice round, though. That's I cool. think Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and Adam Hadwin should get over there right away and rub the cup. It could be good <laughs> luck for Canadians. Get over, rub the cup, and peg With it the up. Cup. That's bizarre, Adam. <laughs> yeah. All right, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada as well as 20 Weeks of TaylorMade as we wrap up today's show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. TSN, your home for all your major championship golf, including the PGA Championship. 8 a.m. Eastern. It all kicks off in the morning. And that marquee group at 8-11. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods will be in focus in our early morning Thursday round coverage. TSN has you covered. You don't have to go anywhere. Adam, Bob, and I back on Monday in our traditional Golf Talk Canada radio time slot. As we will be 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern, TSN Radio, Coast to Coast, TSN 1015 Trio, iHeart Radio app, and also broadcasting, simulcasting on TSN 2 television as Mondays after Major Championship Golf. You can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio as well as see it. And speaking of watching Golf Talk Canada, today at 1 o'clock on TSN TV, it's our one-hour PGA Championship preview special on Golf Talk Canada TV. We've got you covered top to bottom. Adam will be doing all the TSN edge hits throughout the week, keeping you up to date on updated odds, as well as value plays, and just what the lines are telling us in the world of the PGA Championship, so you can watch Adam there. Bob will be on TSN TV doing SportsCenter as well as .ca, and yours truly doing very little which is nice for a change. I'm going to be watching my, my buddies work. 
is what I like to do. Adam, um, what do you got uh, going on this week when it comes to 20 weeks of TaylorMade? Because a major week usually equals a major prize. That's right, Mark. And we're going to announce our prize, or should I say prizes on mm-hmm. television that's i'm not gonna say what the prize is you, you have to tune into golf talk canada 1 p.m tsn for because you're not going to want to miss this and mark it's, it's easy all you have to do follow golf talk canada follow TaylorMade canada tag your golfing buddies you'll be in the draw to win i should also mention if you miss our airing at 1 p.m if you forgot to set your pvr don't worry because we're also on at 4:30 on TSN2. It's the GTC triple header on Wednesday as we prepare for the PGA Championship on TSN. <laughs> we're taking over the network on a Wednesday. Adam, <laughs> taking over the network on a Wednesday. And don't forget the grand prize 20 weeks of TaylorMade this year as we give over 30,000 away. The grand prize is a custom set through the bag top to bottom. Get treated like Dustin Johnson for the day. Full custom set of TaylorMade clubs, as well as a trip for you and your buddy to Casa de Campo. Uh, it is your golf. It is your room. It is your food. It is your beverage at uh, one of the finest golf resorts in the world, Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic. That's a grand prize, but you need to follow Golf Talk Canada, TaylorMade Canada on Twitter and Instagram for your chance to win. Okay, Adam, before we put a bow on today's show, I asked Bob earlier in the show to fill in the blank. I said that the player who wins the PGA Championship will do blank better than anything else. I said scramble. Bob said keep it in the fairway. Adam Scully says that the player that does blank better than anyone else wins the PGA Championship. Fill in the blank, Scully. Hit the most greens. Greens and regulation, strokes gained approach. That's what I'm really focusing on this week. You know what? I'm loving this because it's going to be a complete test of golf top to bottom when all three of us have selected a different lane of where you need to show expertise to win this championship, which is going to be uh, uh, maybe the most complimentary thing you could say about the redesign of this golf course, because quite often it is, we would all agree the player who puts it the best, the player who leads in strokes gain approach. The fact that all three of us are looking at this from three different ways um, could be quite the compliment on the complete examination of one's game that this PGA championship is going to be. So looking forward to it. It was never a huge fan of Southern Hills, Adam. Uh, but I really like what I've seen in this redesign. I love what Gil Hans has done to it. I think he's really brought uh, the spirit of this property back into play, some very distinct, unique European-style um, design features and really kind of brought the some of the things we see at Augusta National inside 50 yards into play here at this tournament. I think we're in for a good one. Enjoy your week, Scully. I'll be watching. You'll be watching. I'll see you back here next Monday for Golf Talk Canada Radio. And don't forget, 1 o'clock, TSN 4. It is Golf Talk Canada Television with a repeat at 4.30 this afternoon. Enjoy the PGA Championship. Good luck with your fantasy play. Thank you for listening. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in.
Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. I asked my Mopar service expert today to check all the boxes. Oil change, check. Tire rotation, check. Brake inspection, check. Free? Cha-ching! It's the all-in spring event. Purchase our peace of mind maintenance service with a 50-point inspection, including the brakes. Plus, get $10 off a synthetic oil change when you sign up for Mopar exclusives. And when you buy three tires, you get the fourth free. See your Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram dealer for details. We built it. We know it. Switching your car and home insurance to Bel Air Direct with an online quote could save you up to $750. So you can get up to 30 days of takeout or maybe up to two playoff tickets or even up to half a laptop. It's $750. It's up to you. Bel Air Direct. Conditions apply. The Canadian Cancer Society Relay for Life is back on Saturday, June 11th. We'll come together in person to move and be moved. Moved by one another and by the presence and memories of loved ones who have been affected by cancer. Join a movement to fund research and save and improve lives. Sign up today at RelayForLife.ca. And together, we can change the future of cancer. CTV Tuesday. After six seasons, the time has come to say goodbye. We're all going to be fine. This family is the only thing that matters. The series finale of This Is Us, Tuesday at 9, only on CTV. Then stream anytime. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.ca slash save. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.ca slash save. That's ZipRecruiter.ca slash S-A-V-E. ZipRecruiter.ca slash save. Get Rogers Ignite Internet now, starting at $59.99 after a $30 credit per month for a year. Subject to change. Visit Rogers.com. What does it feel like to play Lotto 649? Well, with an upcoming jackpot of an estimated $5 million, just having a ticket feels a lot like that moment between... and...